This is episode four of the Online Course Guy podcast. I am Jacques Hopkins, the Online Course Guy, and this is the show where we show you how to turn your hobby or passion into a profitable online course. I was able to do just that with the piano, and now, after being an engineer for eight years, I'm proud to say I support my family with the income for my online piano course. And I'm also joined, as always, by Nate Dotson, who is hard at work at his own online course. How's it going today, Nate? You got some got any news to share with us? Yeah, it's going great, Jock. I just broke it to you a second ago. We should have waited till it was on air, but that funnel that you helped me build that I just launched uh, last week resulted in three sales already this week. Um, so I'm on track close to a grand for this week so far. Okay, so today pretty excited about that. Congratulations, Nate. That's big news. So today's June first. And so what it's it's Thursday, June first. Which what days did you make your sales? Do you know that? Yeah, I have my stripe count pulled up here. I made one on five twenty seven, five thirty, and five thirty one. And then I had another fifty dollar sale on five twenty seven. So I'm at nine hundred and forty dollars for the week. Okay. So it's looking so so in the past since you launched your funnel, you know, the people can't buy right away at the beginning of the funnel. So it took about a week since you launched it to even have the opportunity to make sales. So people have had the opportunity for like a week, week and a half, something like that, right? That's right. Like 10 days, 12, 14 days, something like that. Okay. So three sales in 14 days without any advertising spend. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, actually people, people didn't enter cart is only been, it's only been like seven or eight days since people were able to actually buy it. Either way. I mean, even better, right? Yeah. And I'm getting some good engagement on email. People are emailing, replying back, and I'm opening up the dialogue on there. And I have people that you know want to buy, but the exchange rate. I had just had someone write me from South Africa, and he's like, "Oh man, the exchange rate makes this a little steep." But yeah, I'm really excited. And it's not my. I don't consider my funnel full right now. Actually, like right around now when we're recording is when it fills up because the first people that entered this new funnel had just left last night, and that was only a half day. So like after tonight at midnight it'll start to be full. So like, that's when I'll really start being able to measure stats from like tonight at midnight through next week and next month and stuff. So that's pretty exciting too. So how are you feeling? You feeling pretty good? Oh, I'm feeling great. Especially cause it's, you know, it's already looks like it's going to work. It's a good funnel and this is just the beginning. I mean, I don't have the video testimonials in there. I haven't done any split testing. I mean, I haven't run any ads. It seems like it almost seems like a miracle that this is working, and so it's going to really set me up for next-level success, I think. Pretty excited about it. Yeah, there's there's a whole lot we can still do, including the things you mentioned. Also, your price, you can probably still come up on your price. 297 for a product where people are making money from it is still very very much on the low side, yep. as you know. But yep. that's cool that you're uh, you're getting sales at this price point. If we if we bump it up to four ninety seven and and the stale, sales slow down, then then you may want to come back down. Or if if they yep. stay the same or go up, which is very possible, then we'll try you know maybe nine ninety seven and just see where it goes. That's my plan. I'm definitely planning on getting up to four ninety seven probably by midsummer or so. Outstanding. Yeah, but we we don't want to get too greedy either because when things no. are working. It's it's easy to try to optimize and stuff, and you don't want to change too much at, at one time because you don't want to mess up a good thing either. Yep. My plan is to get the video testimonial up on there, and then also I, I, my videos are all really long, 
So I want to have like one more short video that I send them on like maybe the last day where I just real quickly, I like show them all the downloads it comes with. And I'm like, Hey you guys, this is the last day. Just want to let you know, you know, I really want you to join. I think you'll get a ton of value. That's why I'm pushing this so hard. And I wanted to just quickly show you all the stuff that comes with it. So they don't have to watch my 50 minute videos, you know, or hour long videos every time to really get the scoop. Awesome. So I'm going to get those two on there, and then I want to figure out how to do a little split testing with a with a call, phone call. Yes, awesome. And we'll talk about phone calls later on in this in this episode. So anything else going on the past week since our last episode? No, not really. Just uh, farms going off the hook out there. Just things are going like crazy here, and I'm I'm building a salad cycle this week. I've got the supplies. I have a I have an electric cargo bike that I'm building like a farm stand onto the back of it. So um, that's exciting in my world. I don't know what that is, but it sounds really cool. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Innovation. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, look, I mentioned it's June 1st. So what that means is I want to share some numbers on my side from May. Just closed out the month, um, starting a new month here. So first of all, uh, you know, my business runs on leads coming in, you know, in the form of email addresses. So in May, I collected uh, just shy of 4,300 email addresses. So if we um, let me pull out my calculator, 4,300 divided by 31. So that's averaging about 140 email addresses a day. Wow. And, and I'm going to just ballpark it that I get maybe 10 to 20 from my YouTube videos. Um, and then I get 50 to 60 from AdWords and another 50 to 60 from Facebook ads. Very, very few of these, if any, would come from like organic search SEO. And and as I've talked about, I'm working on cranking that up. Um, but that's kind of the breakdown of email addresses. But, it, you know, email address isn't di- it's it's not a direct correlation to uh, revenue necessarily. I need to make sure that these are converting into sales, which is why, you know, you've got to set up a proper funnel like the funnel that I helped you set up. That's now working. So. Those email addresses resulted in 109 core sales for me this in, in May, and that's uh, I have three different packages. So my price points are one or ninety seven dollars, two ninety seven, and four ninety seven, and so that's a combination of those three. The two ninety seven product that I have is definitely the most popular. So, but in all, I've sold 109 copies of my course last month. And then, um, and let's talk about accounting, right? So there's three main numbers that you need to be aware of when you're doing accounting. Accounting does not need to be hard when we're talking about digital products, especially. So you need to know about revenue, expenses, and profit, right? So revenue for people that are completely new to this out there, revenue is is all the money you bring in. Any money that people pay you is revenue. Any money that you spend on your business is expenses. And then you just subtract your expenses from your revenue and that's how you get your profit which is the money you get to take home and of course you have to pay taxes on that and whatnot but that's that's your paycheck is that's your pre-taxes paycheck is your profit right yeah all right so my and, and i had a record month for sure um in in all three categories including expenses which you want you know i want to keep yep. expenses lower so that my profit is lower but if expenses result in in revenue then i need them yeah so my profit for may I mean, my um, my revenue for May was uh, twenty eight thousand dollars six hundred. My expenses were seventeen thousand dollars six hundred um, for a profit of eleven thousand dollars. Wow! So that is um, that's definitely record numbers for me. I mean, it feels great. Uh, 
that I'm I'm able to provide my family with this money strictly from an online piano course, right? Those numbers I'm sharing are 100% piano in 21 days. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, so I'm certainly not trying to brag or anything, and I've got there's plenty of room for improvement still too. But I just you know I want to show people what's possible, and you know for you Nate, I think that by the end of the year you could easily surpass these numbers. I think you've got um, you've got a good product, you've got a good idea, you've got a really good niche. You're you're even more niche than I am. Mine's mine's more general piano. Um, so you've got the 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 more niche you are, the higher price you can charge. And also, like I like I said earlier, when when people are making money for your product, it's easier for them to pull the trigger. So um, you've got some advantages over mine. And so, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do with all that money, Jock? <laughs> yeah, I, dude, you, you said you you live on what fifteen grand a year? Uh, we live on just over twenty. I mean, that's crazy. we were gonna try and dial it down even more, but yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna just be giving it away like crazy. So if anyone needs some, just hit me up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's just um, there's just so much you can do when you have money, and and giving it away is certainly one of those things. I mean, we like to uh, we we certainly live on more than twenty twenty thousand dollars a year, you know. But that that's cool. I, I mean, I've heard you interviewed on other podcasts and talk about you know why you want to do that, and that's that's really great. That's not a decision me and my family have made. You know, we like to go out to eat and and you know travel and. Um, and things like that. But we also like to, you know, give to charities and, and um, support things like that as well. And the more money you have, the more you're able to do things like that. Yeah. And I actually, my perspective has changed since then. And I'm now a lot more open to earning a lot more money, um, especially because I want to eventually start investing in a team, building a team, just, you know, I have so many ideas and I just want to get them out there in the world. I can't do them all myself. If I can leverage other people, I can help more people. So that's, that's really my goal and why I'm looking to now expand and earn more. Excellent. Yeah. And let me, um, let me jump back to my numbers a little bit. Cause I wanted to, I wanted to do a kind of a broad breakdown of my expenses just so you can see what the heck am I spending, um, you know, almost $18,000 on. Yeah. Um, and by the way, I'm, I'm racking up uh, airline miles very, very fast. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So most of my expenses are advertising. $15,000 of my expenses in advertising. Um, so to break it down, about $1,000 in Bing ads, uh, $5,500 Facebook ads. And that includes Facebook ads. That includes the money I'm spending on actual ads. And it also includes the money I'm spending on my contractor to work on those. So he was about a thousand dollars this past month because he, he spent a lot of time setting up campaigns and there was some time and some campaigns he set up that I spent money on for his time as well as the campaigns that didn't end up working. So Facebook is new. So I'm planning to continue to optimize this. So this, this, these numbers are going to get better and better. Um, I spent 7,000 on Google AdWords. I spent $1,500 on SEO. So I'm, I'm, I'm spending a little over 3000 a month on SEO going forward because I see a really, really high potential there, but I'm not seeing any returns yet. So it's going to be several months before I see any returns for my SEO investment. So that's like scary and exciting all at the same time. How do you know how much to pay yourself out of this and how much to invest in back in your business? Well, let's talk about that, Nate, because I mean, what are you, what are you calling investing back in your business? 
just money that you aren't sending into your personal checking account. Basically, I, I imagine if it's sitting there, you're either going to invest it into your business, into something that you think is going to grow your numbers, or or it's cash you're reserving for you know future downtimes or whatever. Right. So the money invested into the business in my in my business, I consider that expenses. Right. So for example, my expense of SEO, that's money I'm investing back into the business that I'm hoping to see future returns. And so what I do is I spend all the money I want to spend for a month. In this case, it was, you know, $17,000. And then what's left, revenue minus expenses, is my profit. And I take 100% of that profit because it's just a simple LLC that I have. 100% of that profit goes to my bank account, my personal bank account. I set aside about 30% of that for taxes into a separate account. So that when tax time comes, I'm not caught off guard and I've got an account sitting there ready to pay my taxes. And yep. then from there, I have my it's kind of like a little escrow account almost that that money is sitting there. And then I draw a certain amount of money from that to use for my monthly personal expenses. So I don't necessarily draw 100 percent of what's left. So, for example, this month, eleven thousand dollars. Right. So um, 70, I'm going to take, take home 70% of that because of taxes. So 0. 0.7 yeah. times $11,000, $7,700. So that's going to be sitting in this little escrow account. Well, my expenses this month are going to be probably around $7,000. So I'm going to take $7,000. That extra 700 is just going to sit there in case next month I only make 6,300. I don't have to take a lifestyle hit and I can still draw $7,000 out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. What software do you use for your accounting? Excel. <laughs> so when you when you start getting a lot of sales and stuff, you're probably going to need something more automated than Excel. What I use is FreshBooks. Uh, it's it's worked out pretty well. I connect FreshBooks and my Stripe account with a software integration tool called Zapier, and it works really well. All my accounting is 100% automated. I don't have to do anything except pull up my account and look at the numbers. That's awesome. It is awesome. It, it took me a while to get there, but I feel feel pretty confident in, in where it is. Before we move on to the topic of the day, there's one more numbers kind of thing I wanted to share, which is really, uh, which I think is really cool. So um, I have payment plans on all of my options. When people, when people sign up for my course, they can either pay one time in full or they can kind of spread the payments out over six months. So, for example, if they go with my middle package, which costs $297, their second option for paying for that, instead of just paying it all up front, is they can pay over six months, they can pay $57 a month. Yeah. And with all of my payment plans, you end up paying a little bit more than the full price because sometimes people don't end up paying. So I've got to, I've got to charge – there's got to be a kind of a, a fee involved for, for my letting you spread the payments out. Yeah. So $57 a month for six months turns out to be $342. Now, when you do accounting, you, there, you have two choices. You can, as soon as somebody pays you money, like you can only count, you could count the money that people pay you, or you can, uh, you can count the money that people are going to pay you, right? So it's cash accounting yeah. versus accrual accounting. And all of my numbers are based on cash accounting. So my numbers are based on actual money that people have paid me. So just because somebody signed up last month, for $57 a month for six months, I only counted $57. And I'm going yeah. to get that money in future months, and it's going to be counting toward my accounting in future months. And so what I did is I had my 
I had my uh, virtual assistant put together numbers for me so that I know how much recurring revenue I can expect for the next six months or so, or even 12 months. Cause I do have kind of a, an upsell on my, my lowest package. I do have one upsell that um, allows people to spread the payment payments out on a higher package over 12 months. Yeah. And so I want to share those numbers in that, like if I stopped, if I turned off all my systems, I turned off everything, I wasn't making any more sales. How much money would I make for the next six to 12 months? Well, the numbers look like this for June. If I turned everything off, I would still make $8,400 and that's pure profit. Wow. For July, $6,600. For August, $5,200. September, $3,800. And these are getting progressively lower because of where people are with their payment plans. Yeah. And so if you add up the next 12 months, I'm looking at $27,500. Wow, man. You're making me, you're making my mouth salivate. I'm starting to feel greedy here. Yeah. I mean, it's. This is insane. Yeah. I And, and I know numbers aren't, don't work that well, just like on audio, you know, it's, it's helped more helpful to actually see these numbers. So I, you know, hopefully I'm not boring people too much. No, I think people will love to hear this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I, and I, I just, I mean, I just had my virtual assistant put those numbers together. And when I saw that like $27,000, like that's what I could make in pure profit over the next year. If I turn everything off, I don't have to make, I wouldn't have to pay any more expenses at all. Just turn everything off except my Stripe account. And my, I guess my membership site. So my people that are paying me that money can yeah. still log into my course yeah. and I'll still make that money. So that's so encouraging. That's so crazy. Yeah. It gives you a good feeling of security. I imagine it's, it's some security. Yeah. So people yep. talk about whether or not to act, to actually allow payment plans, um, on their products. Um, there's pros and cons for sure. I didn't ha I didn't offer payment plans for a while and you do have to worry about people not paying that does happen here and there. Um, yeah. I've got some really good software that will automatically remind people if their credit card's about to expire or when they do have a failed payment, it reminds them to go update their credit card information. That software is called stunning. Um, I think it's like stunning.co and, uh, it's like 50 bucks a month, but it's totally worth it, especially when you get you know, higher numbers. And, um, you have to worry about that, that revenue, that missing yep. revenue really affecting your bottom line. Yep. So you honest, but you honestly think that I could post numbers like this at some point? No, I'm just messing with you. You're, you're not going to make any more sales. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you're it done. You've topped out, man. Three sales is your max. Dang, screwed dude. I mean, it's, it's hard to say like, yeah, I, I absolutely think so. But you, you, you gotta, you gotta continue working hard and go yeah. after it. I think these numbers are very reachable. I mean, I, I say this all the time. I feel like piano is like the, the hardest niche to do this in. I, my customers are so cheap, man. They're so cheap. Yeah. And, and a lot of them are in countries. They just can't afford this stuff. And I do put a lot of stuff out there for free. And, yeah. you know, it takes me a lot of email addresses on the front of my, end of my funnel to get these numbers. And so yeah. I feel like there's a lot of niches out there, including yours, that can be way better than mine. And that's one my of the My customers reasons. are cheap too. <laughs> I mean, think about people that are interested in farming. A lot of times it's like hippie, you know, teenage college kids or like older, real rural people. Yeah, but it's an investment. And, you know, yeah. you, you're, you're kind of the way you're doing things with a payment plan is you're kind of 
once you, once your cart closes and the people that didn't buy it 297 you're kind of reopening it for a day and offering three payments of $100 or $99 or whatever and that's one way to do it i would encourage you to to maybe set it up more at the beginning to offer the payment plan and and maybe try the six payments of of uh 57 or what 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 could work really well and what i really like is like my high-end package i call it the elite package that i sell for 497 my month my payment plan option for that is six monthly payments of 97 so if you're just yeah. kind of rounding up you're looking at 500 versus six payments of 100 which ends up being closer to 600 yeah. well more people go for the payment plan than than the regular i mean imagine getting these hundred dollar a month payments for the next six months. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So maybe, def definitely something I would want to test too. There's so much different things I can test, but I'm also like, you know, trying to figure out other, there's so many other things I could be doing too, creating YouTube videos. And I've actually got another, a second course. It's I've got it almost all filmed. I'm going to be releasing another course called easy greens that shows people how I do all my field crops with uh, nice with landscape fabric and drip irrigation. That's great because you can market that course to the exact same audience pretty much, I would think. Yeah. Oh yeah, exact same audience. And I've got a third product called Microgreens Forum. It's gonna be a monthly like $9 thing. It's gonna be a, no, a basic classic forum. I'm gonna try Excellent. and I'm gonna try and get people into there by pulling little downloads out of my course. So like, hey, you guys, I have a selling cheat sheet. I'm selling it for seven bucks today. And then when people buy that, the next page will be an upsell. Try a, a 30 day trial for $1 in our microgreens forum. Yeah. But just uh, the, these are all great ideas. Just remember one thing at a time, man. The one yeah. thing by Gary Keller. I don't know if you've read it, but yeah, you, that's my favorite book. It's sitting right here. Prove it. Show me. Oh, see, no, it's up there. I can see it. Watch. I'll show you. I just want to make sure Nate is not there? a liar and he's not. I see it for the, for those of you just listening. It's the, only this. Book, it's the only book that's facing out on that shelf. Yeah. So it sounds like I don't need to tell you that we need to just focus on one thing because we want to optimize this current funnel. And then you want to focus on getting more people into the funnel through YouTube videos, as well as advertising. And only then would I recommend you actually move on to a second product. There's so many things to do, but I, I just feel like, there's not really anyone else that can do them. I don't know if that's a major hangup you've had, but you know, a lot of this stuff is so specific to like microgreens and I don't know, man, it's just, I just don't have the time. I think my wife's actually going to just quit now. She makes 50 bucks an hour consulting. It's real flexible. She has 72 hours to see patients. She's a dietitian, And I'm like, man, I just, it's throws a loop in what I can accomplish in the day a little bit when I have to shift gears and do that. But well, I, you're going you're gonna to be the one to continue to optimize your funnel. But like I said, one of the next steps is advertising, and you can completely outsource that. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about people not knowing your specific industry because there are experts out there that do this, and they are so good at the advertising side of things. They will, they will learn what they need to know about your niche, and you will be so impressed. And it's going to completely free up your time, and, and it's going to you know get so many more people entering your funnel. It's outsourcing wow. is the way to go that's how you scale is outsourcing yeah well look we've spent a lot of time on this we need to go ahead and jump into the topic of today cool if you're ready so i'm gonna let you really take it away on this one this is this is your expertise here all these steps so yeah totally and that's cool i mean you'll just you'll jump in with some feedback here and there because you've gone through most of these steps yourself but the yeah. 
The topic of today is the eight steps to starting your online course. And I put together a free guide, um, quick start guide at the online course guy.com. And, uh, and that's G-U-Y, the online course guy.com. And you can go there and get this quick start guide um, to setting up your own online course based on your own hobby or passion. And we're going to briefly go over these eight steps today that are in that are in this guide. Sweet. And I like we talked about some of them last week on the on the show. And, you know, one thing we talked about last week was that just making your course is absolutely not the first step in this process. There's a whole lot you do beforehand and making it is actually one of the last steps. And the reason there's a few reasons you don't you don't want to make your course until you get some sort of validation of what your idea is. So these these prior steps are going to really let you know whether this is something out there that people want. And it's also going to allow you to get some feedback from people to where you can include certain topics or not include certain topics in your course when you ultimately record it because of some of these steps we're going through. And because you may get emails from people like, hey, is this is topic X going to be in your course? And you can say, well, it is now, you know, or I guess you would yep. say that in your head, like, since somebody told me they, that that's something they'd want to know about, I'll include yep. it in the course. So the first step I've got here is, is actually selecting your niche. And so you really want to try to get, you want to niche down as much as possible, but not go too far. So for example, what is your niche, Nate? My niche is uh, microgreens. Well, it's more than that, right? It's profiting from growing microgreens, yeah, right? It's commercial microgreens, yeah. Commercial microgreens. It's not how to grow microgreens. No, nope. it's how to, it's how to grow them and then sell them and profit from them. Yep. Right. So right. at a very high level, you could have picked farming, and yep. that's way that's way 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 too broad for making an online course. You can't do an online course on farming. You would never you wouldn't sell a single copy of it, right? You want to get very very specific here. And then you didn't just say um, growing plants, and then you didn't just say growing microgreens. Your it, yours is on growing and profiting from microgreens. That's right. right. Yeah. So for mine, for piano in twenty one days, yeah, it's a piano course, but it's it's targeted at people that want to learn quickly and they want to learn modern stuff. So. I make it very clear that you're not going to go through my course and you're not you're not going to be able to learn classical music. You're not going to learn how to read sheet music. Um, I make it very clear that you're going to learn quickly and you're going to learn modern stuff. And that is my niche. Um, that's how that's that's how granular I felt comfortable getting with my course. Um, there's other courses out there that are just like super broad and they teach all different kinds of music on piano, all different ways yeah. to learn. And I really doubt they're selling as well as mine is. Yeah. Some people that are doing it right, I know, are set, are teaching, you know, specifically jazz piano, you know, and there's nothing wrong with classical music. But if a course on 100 percent classical music would be better than being broad or better yet, let's do a course on how to play Mozart, you know, specifically, that would be a great niche. So the takeaway from step one here is try to try to really get as deep down and specific um, as possible for whatever your niche, your hobby, your passion is. Yeah. The, the next step, step two, is to outline your course. So open up Microsoft Word, open up a Google Doc, something like that, and just start firing away at what what the outline of your actual course is. And the biggest takeaway here would be you want your course to be as step by step as possible. 
When people are learning something new, they want to be told exactly what to do in the exact order they need to do it. And so with my course, uh, we start off with one very basic topic. And then in the next lesson, um, it just builds upon the one before it. And we're just adding to it. We're going over what we just learned and we're adding to it in a very step-by-step fashion. I'm sure your course is, is similar in that way, huh, Nate? Yep. So start start outlining and your course, the, the best way to do it is to have modules and lessons. And so the module, a module is kind of a higher level. So I'd recommend six to 12 modules, kind of a main category of what you're going over. And then within each module, you'll have one to four different lessons. And so you can set up your outline just like that, but you don't need to work on, work on any detailed course materials at this point. Just get, start brainstorming and think about your topic in a very step-by-step way and start outlining it. That's step two. Yep. All right. Step three is course name, domain, and hook. All right. So what do you think is more important, Nate, a course name or the domain? Course name? No, completely really? wrong. Yeah. Because uh, I don't have a domain for my course. Well, you you kind of do. I mean, you've got microgreensfarmer.com, right? Yeah. What's the name of your course? Microgreens Business. Right. Microgreens Business. I, I should you, go daddy that right now. You should go daddy that right now. Absolutely. And even if you don't do anything with it, you should be the owner of that domain. Yep. I own microgreensforum.com, but I don't know if I've ever looked up microgreens business. Well, you better do it right now because this this podcast episode is going to go live. And if you don't do it, somebody else is going to. Yeah, no gonna, kidding. <laughs> going to grab it. In fact, I might I might have to jump on there and see oh, if I can man, grab it before you do. <laughs> oh, wow. That's premium. They got it listed oh, wow. for 199 bucks. I think I'll probably oh, buy it for that, That's though. not bad. That's still worth it. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and try to get that within the next couple of hours, I would, I would suggest to you. But I would recommend to people that they find a domain for their course before they, before they name it. Or you come up with names for your course and then see if the domain is available. And so the, the example that I, that I give in the, in the quick start guide is let's say you're, you're teaching people how to write short stories and, and you're kind of, you're, you're teaching people how to do that quickly and, and in, in just a couple of days. And so the name you've come up with is short story in a weekend, which is a cool name for a course, right? That's catchy. Um, it makes people want to people that are interested in writing short stories. It's like, wow, I could set one weekend aside and get that done. But if you go to short, if, if you look up on godaddy.com or namecheap.com and you search for short story in a weekend.com and it's not available, then I don't recommend you name your course that and you look for other ideas. And so maybe you find that three days, three days short story.com is available. And that's, that's what you need to name your course then is three day short story. Why is that? Why is what? Why do you, why is it important to have that domain? Well, you, everything's on the internet, right? And so you want people to be able to easily find you. This isn't just a, a storefront and you can name it anything and people find you based on the physical mailing address, right? This is the internet. And if I say, um, you know, you need to find me at the online course guy.com, then that's where people are going to go, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm not, I'm not directing people to piano in 21 days.com to find out how to make an online course. That's where they go to learn yeah. how to play piano. So for every kind of venture, whether it's just a, a website business, or if you have an online course, you should have, it should have its own domain name. So if I bought microgreens business, would I just I want it to be a landing page just like microgreens farmer? 
Yeah, and you could totally redirect things too. So one thing you can do is if you buy microgreensbusiness.com, you can redirect that to microgreensfarmer.com slash you know, microgreens business course or something like that. The main thing is, is just that I want, if people are Googling microgreens business because they heard about it in a Facebook group or something, I want them to be able to find me. And that owning that domain name will make it so that I'll likely pull up in, in Google or yes. any search engine. Okay. Yes. It's just, it's overall, it's just com- much easier for the people trying to find you. Okay. And the last part of this step three was hook. So course, no, course name, domain, and hook. And, and really, this hook part is probably the most important part of this step because you've got to give re- people a reason to be interested in what you have to offer. If I just say, hey, come buy my course because it's piano lessons and you're looking to learn piano and I'm, I'm teaching piano, nobody is going to buy it. Like, because I wouldn't be the only person out there teaching piano. You have to, you have to have a compelling hook, which means, uh, you know, what's different about your course? Why is it unique? And why are people going to want to buy it? So with mine, people are going to learn fast. They're going to learn quickly. And it's built right into the name of it, piano in 21 days. So that's really my hook is, Hey, come to me. I'm going to teach you as much as I can about piano in just 21 days. And you're not going to be a master of piano in 21 days, but you're going to be competent and you're going to have fun at the piano in 21 days. And nobody else has that hook. I'm the only one with that. And that's why people are going to want to come learn piano from me as opposed to anybody else. So yeah. And they, it needs to be like a new opportunity for them because a lot of people that are finding you, they've tried other things. So it needs to feel like, you know, it's something new. So they yes. know, like I've failed a bunch of times in the past. You know, if I just keep trying the same thing, I'm going to fail. But, oh, this, he's got this new opportunity. So now I'm feeling a lot more confident about giving it a go. Yes, absolutely. And if you want to, to, to help you think about what your hook would or could be, you want to think about results. You want to think about benefits over features. So you don't want to think about, okay, my course is going to have this many lessons and it's got, you know, this, this feature and that feature. You want to think, okay, what does it look like for the people when they're finished? And so in my case, people are going to be competent on the piano and have fun at the piano in just a few weeks from now. And that's, you know, that's how you can think about your hook. So do you, do you feel like you have a compelling hook, Nate? I don't know. (laughs) I guess not if I'm saying that. I mean, I feel like my hook is you know, an income, a weekly income, doing something that doesn't take that much time and being able to interact with plants and your community, which is, that's so general, but, and you can, people can enter it and it could be a stay at home mom that just wants to make an extra 150, 200 bucks a week, or it could be someone that takes my information and they work on it 40 hours a week and they do two grand and, and microgreens. I mean, it's, I don't know what my hook really is, I guess. Well, to me, to me, it's it's being able to, um, from what I've read in like your quick start guide and stuff like that, it's being able to make forty to sixty dollars an hour with no experience and very little, um, like space. very little tools and space. Yeah. Okay. With with a with a product that you're hopefully somewhat passionate about. I mean, yeah. Somebody that like loves polluting the earth and like eating junk food, isn't going to enjoy selling microgreens. Yeah. Somebody that you know, likes to eat organically, likes to eat health healthily and is environmentally conscious. This would be a great way for them to earn 40 to $60 an hour. Yep. And so to me, that's your hook. I couldn't have said it better myself. 
Awesome. Okay. I can't wait Glad to I listen to this podcast to jot that all down and <laughs> start pushing that more. Awesome. Okay, cool. Let's move on to step four. Um, step four is to build your list. People, you know, I've heard people say for years, the money, money is in the list, right? And everybody's saying that you have to build your list. Well, the reason is because you, you literally own that list or that database of contacts, right? So you could, you can start a Facebook page and you can start a Twitter page and you can do all these techniques and things to get likes and followers and whatnot. And that's a list sort of, and you can market to those people, but you don't own that list, right? Facebook, I mean, they could completely change the way they do things tomorrow and no longer make it possible for you to market to those people. In fact, they've done things like that in the past. Yeah. In the past, yeah. you could have your Facebook page, and this is years ago, you'd have your Facebook page and you'd have all these followers or people that have liked your page and you post something, everybody's going to see it. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden overnight, they changed that and only like 10% of people were seeing what you post and you actually had to pay Facebook to quote unquote boost your post yep. so that more of your actual followers would see it. Yep. So they made that change and you, there was nothing you could do about it. Um, and so, so you want to have your own list and the best, the best piece of information you can have for people is their email address, at least at this point in time. Um, phone numbers are good to have as well, but people are far less likely to give you a phone number. Yep. And, and so still, you know, at this point in June of 2017, the best way to build a list is with email addresses. I personally like to collect people's first names as well. Yep. Um, there's, there's arguments for both sides of the equation. People are less likely, the, the more things you ask from people, the less likely they are to actually give it to you. So I ask for a name a first name and an email address. Well, the conversion is probably going to be a little bit higher if I just ask for the email address. But as we'll see in a later step, I like to be as real as possible and I like to be as personal as possible. And if I have your first name and I can actually address you in an email right at the beginning and say, hey, Nate, you know, it's yeah. Jacques here. How's it been going? Um, to me, that's that just adds to my brand. Now, depending on what you know, the people listening to this, what it is that they're selling that may, may not make as much sense for, for whatever it is, but that's how I do things. Yep. So you want to, you want to build your list. This is super important. And, and that, that includes a few different things. Um, and that includes a way to actually get the email addresses, like collect them. And you've got to incentivize people to actually want to give you their email address. So the very first thing I did in my business was I set up a very, very basic web page and told people if they give me your if you give me your email address, you get this this free ebook, the first eight days of my course. And and since then I've changed it to five days. But um that's what I did before I even recorded my course. And I know you did something very similar in that you put a quick start guide up yep. way before you ever recorded your course, right? Exact same exact same thing. Just a WordPress page and it went to you know, the welcome email on MailChimp was my freebie. Both of those were free. The WordPress was free. The MailChimp account was free to get yeah, started. Totally. So you want to you want to start doing this as early as possible, so that while we're doing these other steps, you're collecting email addresses. Hopefully, so that by the time we actually do record our course in a later step, you have this database of people that you can tell when your course is ready, and hopefully they're excited about joining whatever program it is that you have. So 
I recommend for a landing page software, like for building simple pages, I recommend ClickFunnels. I'm a huge fan. I've tried lead pages. I've tried Thrive themes. You know, WordPress is great for certain things. But if you want, the, in my opinion, the best landing page software, um, go with ClickFunnels. You can, um, if, if you if you want to go through my affiliate link, it's just the onlinecourseguy.com slash ClickFunnels. Uh, they do have a 14-day free trial if you want to go through that link. And then in terms of your email list, you've got to save these email addresses in a database somewhere. Um, I've tried a lot of different platforms for that as well. And what I found works best for online courses is ActiveCampaign. Yeah. My link for that is theonlinecourseguy.com slash active campaign, and they have a free trial of that as well. And I, I know you've tried some different softwares as well, Nate, and you're using active campaign currently. What do you think of it so far? I think it's amazing. Uh, it, the automation features are just unbelievable. That's the main, that's the main difference. And migrating it wasn't really that fun of a thing for me. So I would just definitely start with active campaign from the beginning and I'm building the landing page looking free uh, website on just with WordPress was kind of a pain in the butt in the beginning. So I would definitely recommend people do it with click funnels. It's so freaking easy with click funnels and just consider it like a tax that like motivates you to get a product out there. If you're paying 97 bucks a month for ClickFunnels and 40 bucks or 30 bucks for active campaign, just see, see that $130 every month is as motivation for putting something out there. So you can at least cover that. Just say, man, I'm spending 130 bucks every month. I need to get something out there to cover this. That'll be motivation for you. You need like to have it. some skin in the game. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's free stuff out there, but but nothing works as well as these pieces of software that we're recommending here. And if you're yep. serious about that, this, then I recommend you absolutely start start here. Um, so let's let's move on to step five, and that's what I'm calling as start marketing, right? So you've got your landing page, you've got you've got it connected to your email uh, database, so that when people go there, they can they can get um, whatever it is you're offering. And well, you know, we, I forgot to, to mention in the last step, you know, part of, part of this is exchanging something for the email address. So there's a few different options you have, you know, Nate's got the quick start guide, um, for, for having a microgreens business. I've got, you know, the first few lessons of my course in a, in kind of a PDF form. Um, you can do case studies, you can do video lessons, um, there's all kind of different things that you can give for value in exchange for an email address. Is, is there any any other lead magnet type thing that I example that I left off, Nate? Uh, people just Google lead magnets. There's a million things you can do. You can just you can even just collect a bunch of the best resources that other people already have online and put those in a PDF. I mean, there's there's literally you you can easily get one out in a day if you wanted to. Yeah, and I think you got yours out in a day when when you were doing it, right? Yeah, I wrote mine in a day, yeah. Absolutely. All right, so step five, start marketing. You've got this landing page up. You've got all your systems in place to start collecting email addresses. Now you need to direct people to the landing page so you can start collecting these email addresses. And the very, very, very best way to start, in my opinion and Nate's opinion, is on YouTube. Because you can, it's when you're first starting out, it's very likely you're not interested in spending a lot of money. And you want to you want to kind of do it on a shoestring bu budget, and YouTube is free, and um, and it's worked for both of us 
for starting the ball rolling with our marketing. So what you do is you you think of some topics that can get people some quick wins with whatever your niche or hobby or passion is. Um, so for example, the first one of the first videos I ever put out was on how to how to play some basic chords on the piano, and I had this these really really simple formulas for forming like all the chords on the piano. And most people think that you need to memorize each and every chord, but I gave people the formulas in this and showed them how to apply the formulas. And um, and so that started getting a lot of views and it, and it left people wanting to learn more from me because I'm not going to tell them every single thing there is to know about piano in one small YouTube video. You just want to give them a small nugget that gets them to start trusting you and then makes them want to click on a link to your website and how they learn more is not necessarily buying your course at that point. How they learn more is whatever that lead magnet is that you've set up on your site. You want them to want to grab that and give you their email address. So then you can start slowly nurturing them and marketing to them via email. And then one day, hopefully they'll buy your course. Yep. Yeah, I think YouTube's a great place to start. It does require some video editing sometimes to produce something good. You probably can without um, just produce something uncut. But I took a video editing course on lynda.com that that just helped me get it down really quick for Premiere Pro. But I will say, if you already have an audience on another channel, I would start there. If you have an audience on Instagram or if you have a Facebook group that has a bunch tons of people in it, you can always start with an audience you already have and start getting them to join your email list and providing them some, some content. Yeah, absolutely. This, and if you're, if you're not experienced with this stuff, starting to film videos of yourself, teaching something could be very intimidating. So you can't, you don't necessarily have to be on camera, at least not at first until you start to get more and more comfortable. You can just put some PowerPoint slides together or keynote slides together and record your voice over those slides. Or you can even do, if you are a little bit comfortable with being on camera, you can do a combination of those two things. And for, in terms of video editing, you know, Nate mentioned Premiere Pro. That's kind of in the more advanced arena. If you're not very tech savvy, um, maybe you want to just start with like iMovie if you're on a Mac. Um, ScreenFlow is another good piece of software on a Mac. It does cost a little bit of money. And then on a PC, uh, Camtasia would be the kind of the more basic software. Yep. Uh, I'm on a PC and I'm using Premiere Pro now, but for years I was doing all my video editing in Camtasia. And I do recommend, you know, going on um, Udemy.com or, or what's the one that you mentioned? L- Lydia? Linda. 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 Yeah. And, I think looking or, up, maybe it is Lydia. I forget. Yeah, find find some highly rated online course on video editing if you've never done it before. And doing this, like making simple videos for YouTube does not require much video editing, but you, you have to just make sure you're cropping your video in the right places. And you can, it'd be nice to throw your logo on top of the video um, as a watermark and, and things like that. Yeah, and there's so many, the newer, the younger generations these days are just like so hip to YouTube that if you don't know how to get something put out on YouTube, find someone that can help you. I mean, there's people putting stuff out on there like crazy probably in your in your circle. And YouTube, yes. the cool thing about YouTube is that it's stuff tends to snowball more on YouTube than other channels. Like 
you know, Instagram and Facebook, your posts just drop off after a couple of weeks. Whereas Facebook, as they get more views, they start to like pick up steam and, you know, Google owns fit YouTube. Now they didn't used to, but now that they own them, they're putting all those YouTube videos more and more frequently into the search results. They used to not show up and now they show up like half the time. Most of the time I search for something. That's what's, yeah. I, I think that's, what's so amazing about YouTube. Absolutely. I mean, one of the first videos I did where I was showing people these chords, the name of it, uh, the name, what I named the YouTube video is learn piano fast dash. I show you the secret to learning piano or something like that. And the secret was this, these formulas for chords. Well, now if you go to YouTube and type in learn piano fast, it's one of the first videos. But not only that, if you go to Google and type in learn piano fast, I think it's the top result there as well. Yeah. So because I named that properly, um, and, and I had good content in there. Um, it's still showing up and I've made that video four or five years ago and it's still getting yeah. me traffic, but kind of the last piece of this is make sure you have a strong call to action at the end of the yeah. video, because our goal here with these YouTube videos is to get traffic to our landing page and ultimately collect email addresses. So whatever it is that you've chosen for your lead magnet, you want to pitch that at the end of your video, say something like, you know, if you enjoyed this video and you want to learn more from me, I've got this free whatever at my website. Just click the click the link in the description below this video and, you know, I'll send that right over to you or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And this this at the beginning, we talked about how this week out now I did nine hundred and forty dollars. This is coming from six YouTube videos. This traffic is from six YouTube videos I did almost two years ago. So how cool is that? Yeah. And if you're feeling I'm a total dork on my videos. I, I almost cringe watching them. If you're feeling sh camera shy, just get over it. Just like put your ego aside and get over it. It's a might be a good way to kind of break that. Just stop caring what people think about you. Read Stoic philosophy and just get over it and get going. <laughs> yeah, you're not that important. If you, if I mean, nobody's that important to where you have to worry about how you're acting on a YouTube video. You got to get over yourself, like Nate yeah. said. That's that's good advice. Yeah, and and, and don't let trying to be perfect hold you back either. I mean, if you look at that video, I'm talking about the the one where it's ranky for learn piano fast. You watch that video. I mean, my camera's crooked. Uh, the audio's terrible. There's, there's a thunderstorm outside. <laughs> I mean, the quality of the video is awful, but yeah. the, the response to it because the content was good is amazing. I mean, there's yeah. tons of likes, there's tons of comments. Um, nobody's like, wow, the quality of this video is terrible. Yeah. Now, since then, the quality of my videos has been infinitely higher and also just my charisma and whatnot on camera is far better. Yeah. And what I've, somebody told me this once, and I think it's really true is that when you're, when you're being filmed on camera, it takes away like 50% of your personality. So yeah. you almost have to be like over the top in your videos and when you're teaching and get, you know, really excited, like, like those, you know, those, uh, car salesmen and, yeah. and stuff, just, um, be, try to be as charismatic as possible because, for whatever reason, when you're filming yourself, it just kind of takes away some of your personality. Yeah, I know. I, I definitely noticed that. I've seen pretty dull in most of my videos. Yeah, so you'll you'll take that away and you'll make it even better next time and it'll convert even better. Yeah, I would say go into it with the attitude of this week I'm going to film 20 videos and I'm going to throw them all in the trash after the week is over. And just start film, just filming yourself knowing you're going to throw them in the trash. And then maybe at the end of it, you decide not to throw a couple of them in the trash and you decide to publish them. But if you have, if you plan on throwing them, throw, uh, deleting them all, you know, maybe you won't care as much and you won't have that, that awkwardness. Yep.
You'll get better at it each and yeah, every time you, you do get it. better too. Definitely. All right, let's move on to step six. Uh, step six is is pricing your course. All right, so this is this is important and uh, it hangs up a lot of people. And what, the biggest mistake I see with pricing your course is pricing it too low. And and I think Nate's guilty of this. Oh yeah, I was guilty of this too. I started my course out at ninety seven dollars, and that was that was too low for my market. And I over testing and tweaking. Um, I got it right. And I remember telling my wife, you know, when I had the idea to price my course at two ninety seven or basically three hundred dollars, my wife was like, Who <laughs> the heck is gonna pay three hundred dollars for that? She like she thought it was so crazy for even thinking about that. Yeah. But I sold a hundred and nine courses last month. I mean, it's working, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So what I recommend people do is they find other courses in a in the same or similar niches as yours and just kind of see what the average is right so for me there's there's $40 courses there's $100 courses there's maybe one or two at like 150 200 nothing's at the $300 price point and that's why I wanted to be there you know I want to be at the top of my market because yeah. I want to have the best piano course there is and I want to be priced accordingly yeah Right. So are, do you have any competitors? And if so, do you know what their pricing is? Yeah, I have um, one per other person that's selling a microgreens course and they are selling it for super cheap, like 40 bucks or something like that. And I talked to him on the phone. I was actually going to instead of making my course, I was going to add some of my downloads to his course and had him have him redo a couple parts. And we, I was just going to launch that to my list initially. Um, he's selling it for, I think one forty nine now he has raised his price. So there's, there's three main reasons that I, I would advise you to, to price your course on the higher end of the spectrum, especially within your market is the, the first reason is the more someone pays to take your course, the more likely they are to actually take your course, right? Yep. If somebody spends 20 bucks on your course, they're just like, you know, trying to, you know, get in before you close the cart, pay for it. And if, if it doesn't hurt, then they're very, very unlikely to actually go through it. Yeah. And so you, you're putting this stuff out there. You want people to actually learn your material and pricing higher helps people to do that. The second reason is, um, it conveys that you're proud of your product and that it's a premium product and that it works. And so you may want to start your, you, you could start your pricing off a little lower. And then once you, once people are actually getting some results, you get some video testimonials from your course, then you can start raising the price. I, like I told Nate earlier in this podcast, um, and, and I guess I keep switching back and forth, whether I'm talking to you, Nate, or like the podcast audience. <laughs> yep. Um, but you're priced too low right now. Yeah. And but that that's okay. This is you you were priced way too low and now you're just a little bit too low. So you've raised your price as you've um you have a higher quality product now because of your pre-launch content. So you've made these pre-launch videos, you've got a nice funnel going and you're able to charge these higher prices. I'm just Once so you, scared of like people buying it and being like this isn't worth what it's <laughs> what you for $497 or something, you know. I just Hey, that's, that's legitimate. And so if you want to hold off until you start getting some good feedback from your course, that's, that's fine. Um, yeah. I, uh, I felt comfortable raising my price to 297 because people had been successful at 97 and even 197. 
Um, but I, I tried raising it even higher for my main package and that didn't really work really well. So for me, 297 is perfect for my main offering. It's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, I imagine higher is going to be better for you. And it's the, the, there's reasons that higher is better. And I'm going over those now. And, um, and, and so you, you need to learn this more than anybody, I yeah. think. So, um, the first one is more someone pays, more likely they're actually going to take it. The second one is that it, it conveys that you're proud of it and that it is, it is an actually a premium product. And the third reason is you typically get a higher quality student, right? So you actually get less people complaining. You get less people requesting a refund if you have a higher quality, higher price product. Yeah. All right. We are going long on this podcast, so we'll try to we'll try to wrap it up. Step seven. Um, I've got step seven is to actually record your course and launch your course. All right. So at this point, you can revisit your outline. Um, you've, you've got email addresses. Maybe people are replying to your emails and giving you some feedback or asking you if you're going to be teaching on certain topics. If you've got, um, YouTube videos, people are commenting on those videos. You can take that information. You can tweak your outline and actually go through and record your course. And you've also hopefully recorded YouTube videos. So you're even more comfortable with being on the camera, teaching, um, video editing, to, to be able to make, put together the highest quality course that you can at this point. Yep. So you, so you actually record this. Um, if you signed up for a ClickFunnels account, you can do your membership site right inside of ClickFunnels. It's super, super easy. Yeah, it is. And you can, if you want to, you can just send an email to your list at that point and say, Hey guys, it's ready now. Or there's more advanced strategies to actually continue to nurture a list um, and send them some what, what we call pre-launch content that gets them excited and ready to buy your course when it is available. And we'll talk about that in future episodes. That's part of what's made Nate's um, course successful here um, in, in selling these three copies in the past week is really implementing a, a detailed and elaborate pre-launch funnel. Yep. All right. And step eight, Nate, is get real. Get real. And this really applies to kind of throughout the process, right? This isn't something you just immediately apply right at the end here. But this is one of the things that that um, I've, I attribute most of my success to is that people clearly know that I'm a real person. They know that I have a wife and a kid and a kid on the way. Most people probably know I'm between houses right now and that I'm about to move into my new house. The more um, realness that, that you can convey, the better. People want to learn from real people. They want to pay their money to people they know and not some massive company, not some big marketing agency. Yeah. And so throughout all my messaging, whether it's emails, videos, I make it very clear that that it's just me over here. I've got my laptop. Um you know, I don't really have any true employees or anything. It's not some big business. I work from my house. You know, sometimes when I'm drafting up an email, my daughter will walk by and distract me. No problem. And then the other part of this is about half my sales are on the phone. Yep. And that's part of being real. And don't be afraid to sell an online product over the phone. It's It can sound weird, but it works. Yep. I will say that there, I have heard the case that um, personalizing a business like that can make it 
harder to sell down the road if you think you want to build a business that you that's really sellable but there's definitely ways to transition uh, but I think it'll make it way more successful if it is personalized. And I, I did just changed all my emails based on your advice. They don't say they come from the microgreens farmer anymore. They come from Nate Dodson. So I think it's great advice. Yeah, good. That's that's exactly what I mean when I say get real is, is things like that. You know, you're from name used to be microgreens farmer and it was a it was an image of your logo, which that's fine. But I, I recommended you change it to Nate Dodson. People want to People want to open emails from their from their buddy as opposed to a company. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's why I I compose my emails as if I just opened up a new email and started typing away. You know, I don't like all those fancy newsletter templates and all yep. that. I like saying, you know, hi Nate, comma, you know, enter, enter, and then start typing my email and signing it, you know, sincerely Jacques, or just, you know, see yep. you next time, Jacques. Yeah. And that's uh that whole get real thing is is like I said one of the things that have, has made my business successful. Every, so every every hardcore email marketer that I follow, they're they're all their emails are like plain text. Yeah, it's totally. something I didn't even realize that I had like a gray background format on my emails when I created them all. So that's something I definitely want to get off there and uh, get less HTML or get yeah t- remove some of the HTML from my emails in general. So those are the those are the eight steps I've got in my quick start guide, Nate. Uh, what do you think? It's awesome, man. I think that's a perfect perfect path to get someone there and get them start selling their course. Yeah, and and obviously this is my lead magnet for the online course guy.com. You know, I want to get your email address um, and, and I want to give you value in return for that because I'm working on my online course on how to turn your hobby or passion into an online course, and I want to be able to email you whenever that course is ready. You know, I want people as many people to, you know, pay me money for that, but also as many people to actually take this information and and take their hobby or passion out into an online course on the internet. And uh, this is part of the process. So it's kind of meta here, you know, in my my specific case, but those are the eight steps. And and like I said, if you want to grab a copy of that, um, that guide, it's on the online course guy.com. And, uh, and just a recap of the, the tools that I mentioned here. Actually, there's one tool that I, I didn't mention. Um, if you want to, re- when you want to register your domain name and you, you need a place to host that domain as well, um, I recommend Bluehost. It's like $3.95 a month um, for, for, for the hosting. And then if you sign up for their hosting, they give you a free domain name. So if you don't even have your domain and hosting yet, uh, I definitely recommend Bluehost. And if you want to go through my affiliate link, it's the onlinecourseguy.com slash Bluehost. And then just a reminder about active campaign and click funnels, the onlinecourseguy.com slash active campaign and the onlinecourseguy.com slash click funnels. So that's going to do it for, uh, for this week's episode, episode four of the online course guy podcast. Uh, Nate, where, where can everybody find you online? Uh, Nate Dodson.com. I've got a weird little website up on there and they can check out and DOD what about your, as DOD as in dog, or they can go to about your online course. They can go to microgreensfarmer.com and, uh, put in their email address there. If they're interested in starting a, a small little farm business, urban farm business or selling microgreens, which is a great compliment to your office work. If you're going to be building Sell, doing some online marketing. Maybe you want to get out and interact with the public and grow some plants. There we go. 
Yeah, and, and people can find my stuff at pianoin21days.com and, of course, the online course guy.com. And that's going to do it for this week's episode, Nate. I appreciate you once again, and we'll talk next week. Awesome. Sounds good. I'll see you next week.